What is it that you have? It's not just that you can say, look at me. I've got a, I'm, I'm happily married. Atheists and Buddhists and Muslims and people of all faiths and none can be happily married. It's got to be more than that. I spoke to one young man. I said, how can you be so sure that you're on the right track spiritually speaking? He said, it was very easy. Since I rededicated my life to Islam, my life has started to go well. I passed all my exams. I've got a job. I've got a pay rise. And I've got a girlfriend. We're getting married. God is on my side now. We have to be very careful. Where have we ever got this idea that if life goes well and we're blessed and everything is working out, that means God is the one or our God is the right one. Is it? To have a happy marriage, that proves that the gospel is true. To have a good job, to be successful at, at business, People of all kinds of religions and none have all of that and more. Oh, well, you know, you don't know. My teenage son was on drugs. Now they're delivered. I can take you to place after place where it's nothing to do with Jesus and people come off drugs. Look how my life has improved. That proves that I'm serving the, the true God and, and that the real God is with me. No, it's not that. It's not just that we can praise God when things go wrong that gives them witness that Jesus Christ is alive. It's how we live when everything goes wrong. That's the difference. And it's not just that everything has to go wrong before we can prove our faith is genuine. But somehow we need to demonstrate to them that that. Whatever goes wrong in my life, and right now it's not so good, or I've had this problem, I've had that problem, and this disaster has hit me, and that's not going so well. But you know what? That's not the main thing in my life. I am satisfied in Jesus. That's what we have. And, and frankly, friends, and I'm not being critical, I just want to challenge you. You know, I don't meet very many Christians who are satisfied with Christ. I'm sorry, I just have to tell it as it is. I don't meet many, many Christians who are truly satisfied with Jesus. I don't meet many, don't meet many, many Christians who are living the abundant life and enjoying the abundant life unless they mean by the abundant life, the blessed life. The blessed life is not the abundant life. The blessed life is Jesus' life. This is, this is, any thinking outside of that is legalistic religion. That if I do the right thing, I'll get this and this and this. That's manipulation of God. They want to see what really satisfies us. And when they see that there's, we cannot be turned away from, from Jesus in any way, not because we're religious fanatics, but because he is life. They've got to see the life of Christ in us. And it's no good just shooting them down. Every one of these people, they're all pretty satisfied. All these non-Christians don't think there's a bunch of miserable people out there. The sinners are miserable and the saints are happy. Sometimes I think it's the other way around. 
What am I going to say to a young man who's just graduated, got all his exams, got a great job, got a pay rise, got a beautiful girlfriend and ready to be married, as happy as anything? What am I going to say to that person? You're happy, but you shouldn't be. You're okay now, but wait after the first year of marriage. You'll repent in dust and ashes. But wisdom's got to come forth from your life that they know that whether things are wonderful or terrible, your circumstances are brilliant or terrible, there's something in you, a peace and a life that can never be destroyed. And when they see that the real direction of your life is for God and that all these things, as wonderful as they are, are secondary things. I remember once when I was coming to the end of my contract with the Royal Ballet. And God had made it clear to me that he was going to take me from that and, and that was not to be my, my future. One of my best friends in the ballet company came to me and said, you know, I think this is terrible. You can't live without ballet. I can't. You can't. And you know what? You've got all these big principal roles and you're out there as if something wonderful is happening to you. And, you know, you're just over the top. So I said, just casually, I wasn't contrived. I said, you know this? All this is so temporary. At the end of the season, my contract's up. I'm, 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 I'm moving on. She was blown away. She, she, first of all, she's very angry. And she went away over the summer on holiday in Greece and got a viral illness and nearly died. She recovered. She came back and said to me, I know what you meant. There is more to life than what we've been into. And that, that moment was a transcendent moment for her. And we live in that spirit of transcendence. We're not of this world. We start to live as if we're of this world. They're going to say, well, your God's no better than that God. But when you live in such a way as they know that your hope is in Christ, that you're not some religious crazy person, but you have seen something. Something that is so amazing that all the suffering in the world, you wouldn't exchange this. You wouldn't exchange it for anything. You wouldn't ex exchange it for all the gold. You wouldn't exchange it. There's nothing in all suffering that will ever pull you away from this because you have found him. You have found the one who is the lover of your soul, the one who is the center of your universe. He is the one who directs all things, the one without whom you couldn't even live, you couldn't even breathe. He is the one, and he is at the center of your life, and that has made you a wonderful person because you've got so much love to share with other people, so much tolerance, so much patience, so much wisdom. Not that you go around touting your wisdom, but you are there because there's this fruit, fruit growing from your life. What do you have they don't have? You have peace with God. You have peace in your heart. You're a new creation. You have a new identity, a new capacity, a new disposition. And you know, I, I thought that, that if they ever saw any weakness in me, they would say, oh, so where's your Jesus now? 
but you're not preaching yourself. I find non-Christians get it better than Christians. I'm not there yet. This is what I'm living for. This is the direction I'm moving in, but I make many mistakes and I blow it. The non-Christians will say, we get that. It's your brothers and sisters in the Lord who don't get it because they think they can point the finger at you. They're going to feel better about their mistakes. Non-Christians get it. If you're real, they get it. They get it. You've got a hope, and your hope is drawing near to God. It's about drawing near to God. Your hope is not for a better life. I didn't become a Christian to get a better life, to get a better job, to have better friends, to behave better. I became a Christian because in Christ, God promises to draw close to me if I draw close to him. They know that your passion is for the first things. Second things are are important, but way, way second by comparison to him. And having second things in your life is not the mark of your spirituality or the demonstration that your God is the real God. And this relationship that you have with God is not just something you talk about. It is seen in the way you live, the way you relate That's why they were drawn to Jesus, because he knew how to love others as he loved the Father and the Father loved him. That genuine love. They are blown away by anybody who does something because they really love, not what they can get out of it. You have this knowledge of unconditional love Acceptance without having to do anything about it. They don't understand this. They don't understand that God will take you as you are because Jesus has paid the price. And they are all struggling to try and do things, to impress God, to get things from God. And unfortunately, people of God, that is how many of us also behave. We think the Christian life is about doing these things so that God will do the things that we want. Doing the A so we can get the B we desire. If we do A, God will do B. I must do more A so God will give me the B for blessing. And we look at the B and say, I want that blessing. What must I do to get that blessing? Nothing. You can do nothing. It's all by the grace of God. You enter into his blessing. You enter into his favor without having to prove yourself or to earn it. That peace is exactly what Jesus meant when he said, come to me, all you who labor under the rules and regulations and the pressures of religious observance, come to me and I will give you rest. These people are astonished when they hear that I'm a pastor. And you say, oh, we, that's a bad witness. No, it's the best witness. I'm most flattered and complimented when they are astonished at what I do. I don't walk in and tell them what I do. I show them who I am. They, they are blown away by non-religious Christianity. People aren't trying to prove themselves 
to be approved of others or approved of God who are just resting in their relationship in Christ and have the freedom to love as Jesus loved. They can't, they're blown away by it. They've never seen it. Now, as we draw rapidly to a close, how does this work? We don't, don't compete. You're not trying to win an argument. You've got nothing to prove. Don't try and compete. My God's better than your God. Now, you can argue about which football team you support, but you can't argue about God that way. Humbly share the reason that is within you, the reason for the hope. Be real. Share your story honestly. Make sure that your ruling passion really is Christ. That's all you need to do. Make sure that your ruling passion is Christ and his life. It will show. You won't have to try to, how do I make it show? It will show. Be a real spiritual friend. Focus on the relational heart of the Christian faith. God is a relational being. Christ wants a relationship with you. Be patient. Don't get ahead of the spirit. Okay, the moment they show any kind of interest, you've got the four spiritual laws out. You say, right, now then, pray this prayer with me. <laughs> There's a place for that, friends. When you're out on the street, anybody that stops and listens and talks to you, it's usually the Holy Spirit because the rest of the people walk on by. And there is always a place for the brother, are you saved? Have you received Christ? Do you know that if you receive Christ, you're going to heaven? If you haven't, you're going to hell. There is a place for that. Very much so. But I'm talking about spiritual connection in a way that takes conversation away from the ordinary into the exceptional area of spirituality. Be a good spiritual friend. Be a real spiritual friend. Don't go ahead of the Spirit. Communication is all about this. Listen to what the person is saying. Listen to what the Spirit is saying. And having listened to the person, speak what the Spirit says. The difficulty is, is that we encourage you to know a great deal. To understand what we call apologetics and that we need to know how to present reasoned arguments, but not for the sake of winning a debate. Not for the sake of parading our knowledge. I've spoken with people on topics that I've got university degree in. I had every answer to every question they were asking and 10 answers to the questions they weren't asking. But not one of it, bit of it was from the Spirit. It's not about intellectual argument or debate. There's a place for that. But communicating to somebody's heart is speaking what the Spirit gives you. The words that come up from the inside of you is the Spirit connects with what he's doing in somebody's life. And when you speak those words, 
This is what I said to somebody who told me that they were really, really wanting to know God and they'd become a Muslim. I was so indignant inside. I, I thought, I'm going to smash this. And I said, do you know that you're, it's impossible, even according to your religion, to get to know God? Your religion doesn't even pretend to offer a relationship with God. But my religion does. I mean, how the guy ever spoke to me again in, in his life, I have no idea. And I realized what I'd done. I was protecting my, my religion. I was trying to destroy somebody else's. That's not what we're about, is it? And I came before the Lord and I said, God, I've got to put this right. And I sent him a text, and the text along these lines. It's wonderful to hear how you are really longing to get to know God. That's wonderful. That's a sure sign that God is drawing you closer to him. But please, please don't let any religion, including the so-called Christian religion, get in the way of your desire to know God. That was from the Spirit. We were back on after that. Now you need to know the gospel well. Of course you do. We, we, we'll teach you. We've got amazing things. By way of that, the XEE, which is causing, called the Way to Life, Share Life program. We've got so many ways of helping you so you actually know the gospel well and understand the gospel and be able to communicate and, and, and illustrate. It's very important that you know that. But it's as important, even more important, that you know the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will speak through you. This spiritual connection is not just about endlessly connecting. There comes a time when you need to call for a response at the right moment. I think many of your friends that you are, are on your evangelism of, of three, you, you've gone out had coffee with them, you've gone and played bowl, bowls with them, you've gone to a football match with them, you, you've done fashion parades, you know, everything with them, everything except ask them, are they ready to accept Christ? You move in, it's the Spirit leads you. A new believer will be called to a life of discipleship, not just to a decision. They need to know that what we're offering is him and a relationship with him. And I want to say, just as I finish now with the musicians come back, and I, I just want to say to you, I, I really can honestly say that there's nothing has thrilled me more in recent years than being in the, in the bars and the cafes especially on the continent where they have the cafe, cult, cafe culture, Italy and France, the best espressos and cappuccinos you can ever make, and just be there talking to people. And there's something wonderful that I discover. They love me. I'm not, I'm not looking to be loved. But they love me. They're drawn to me. Are they drawn to me? Are they drawn to Christ in me? They've never seen it. 
Never seen people with genuine relationship with God who aren't waving flags and banners or shoving texts down their throats. Just being like Jesus. Being there for them and with them. Understanding what's happening, discovering about them and being able just at the right time when the Spirit speaks to speak a word that will draw them closer to Christ. You will not communicate Christ effectively unless you've made a connection, a spiritual connection. And you will not draw somebody to Christ unless you know how to speak words of life. Spiritual talk, meaningful conversation that draws them closer to Christ. So what are these phrases? Shall I give you a list of 27 things to say at the right moment? Thank you, because I haven't got them. (laughs) Shall I tell you, introduce you to Mr. Holy Spirit? Because Mr. Holy Spirit lives in you, and he's not got 27, he's got 27,000. He's got a word for every single person. He's got a word for every single person in your life. Every single person you've ever met, every single person you meet, and if you wait for his wisdom, make that connection. Wait for his wisdom. And you won't even have to pounce and say, you know what they're talking about, I'm just going to wait. Ah, yes, but, wow! No, no, no. It flows. The Holy Spirit knows how to speak, how to win, how to draw people to Christ. And when they see Christ in you, in other words, they see that the central passion of your life really is Jesus. And you're not like the rest, not like any other Christian, so-called Christian that they've met. They'll say, this person has something real. And I want it. Drawing nearer to God. Drawing nearer to one another. And going with the heart of God's love to reach the lost. Hallelujah. We're coming now. We're going to just go on for a few more minutes. We'll be finishing earlier than planned because you had a short break I think that we can, at the end of this long day and last night, and by the way, tomorrow morning, in a way, is going to be a message that will finish off this whole whole theme, but um, for today, we're done. But I believe we need to be refreshed once more in the Holy Spirit. God wants to do something. He wants to break into our lives in a new way that he may break out of our lives in a new way. God wants to light a flame a flame of passion in our lives so that we go out here glowing with, not with arrogance or pride, but glowing with the presence of God and and they will say, that person is carrying, what is, what, I don't understand, what's happening, what's happened to you, what's going on? Because you really do live in a way that's totally different and you can say, why? Meet Jesus, he's my best friend.